0: Love Talk Radio. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm your host, Gail Sylvia, here on Sylvia Global Media's network. And it's such an honor to have a representative from an important organization called United Aid for Africa. And joining us today is Thais Leverett. Is that the correct pronunciation, Thais, of your last name?
1: Yes, it is. Yes, it is, Gail. She's
0: the program manager for the AWARE campaign, at the United Aid for Africa, thank you so much for being here today. How are you?
1: It's it's uh, definitely a pleasure, and uh, I'm doing very well. And again, uh, we can't thank you enough for for having us on your show today.
0: Thank you. Tell us about United Aid for Africa and the mission.
1: Sure. Uh, United Aid for Africa is a a nonprofit organization. We're based in uh, the D.C. metropolitan area, and our goal is, is very simple. Uh, what we're engaged in is trying to make things better for the women and children of Africa. There's been a lot of advance on the continent of Africa as far as economics and uh, development, but there's still a long way to go. So we're committed to that really need us the most, and uh, we've got a great group of people from all over the world who are engaged in that effort.
0: Oh, tell us about the founder. I know that she's from the Ivory Coast and that you have an incredible board. Um, what was the reason United Aid for Africa was created when there are so many organizations serving throughout the continent of Africa? And as you indicated, a lot of progress is being made.
1: Sure. Well, our our founder and CEO, uh Her name is Jessica, and as you mentioned, she is from Ivory Coast. She's one of those people who is always fighting for something. Uh, She's very passionate about helping women. She's very passionate about making an impact where she's, but she's also not selfish. She wants to make as much of an impact as she can, you know, uh, on the continent of Africa. So she decided to start the organization to bring awareness to things that she had experienced, maybe personally or had witnessed in her family. And to bring some people together who are like-minded and some people who are really enthusiastic and who are very uh, engaged in the process. And uh, one thing about Jessica and this particular organization is, you know, we're not looking for people that have specific um, credentials per se. The only credential you need for this is to be passionate about helping us. How did you become involved? I was working for a a company, well, United Airlines, of a a very big commitment at United Airlines to reach out to the community and find volunteer opportunities that suit your personality and your interests. So I didn't, um, through our corporate platform, to find something that was, number one, uh, engaged in helping women and kids, because I'm a mother myself, and number two, something involved on the continent of Africa. I was a foreign exchange student at the University of Ghana for a while, So, you know, completely fell in love with Africa. Uh, Again, also my cultural background reaches back as well. So I really wanted to do something, you know, that incorporated those two things. So through my search, I uh, ended up finding United Aid for Africa. And then I went to an event where they were raising money for kids uh, over the Christmas holiday to send toys uh, over to Ivory Coast. And me and my children went to the event. And, you know, from there I was hooked. You know, I reached out to Jessica, asked her what I could do, and she sent me list about 45 things that she needed people to help with. So I definitely had a lot of but, you know, since then, it's been a great relationship, and I've enjoyed really every minute of being involved.
0: You know, a part that really um, intrigues me about what you, you just shared is that during your college years, you went abroad as an exchange student studying at a foreign university, in this case the University of Ghana. What prompted that experience? Uh, what prompted you to make that that decision? Because oftentimes, uh, my, it's my observation that people who become involved in global affairs have some global experience or something that, that's triggered their stepping out into the broader world. What was your experience and why?
1: You're absolutely right, uh, Gail. Uh, when I, first of all, to answer your first question, um <clears throat> I was studying biology at the time, and you know I had an opportunity to study abroad and they sent this brochure that I had about twelve from uh, but ever since I was uh, a younger a younger student and i 'm talking middle school high school et cetera you know ever since those um, those experiences i 've always been interested in my my cultural identity you know I' had very very strong parents who you know educated me as, from America. I've always been fascinated by that. So when I got this little you know, short, and it had these twelve countries, you know, they ranged from Europe. You know, some exciting places there. You know, who doesn't want like right? But they had places in Asia, South Africa, Australia. But they had two of the destinations. And well, you know, what opportunity for me to actually go to. Where my actual ancestors are from, and uh, I chose universities based uh, on the offer that were there. And uh, since then, I've had the opportunity to travel there a few times, uh, and it definitely had a huge impact on my decision to be involved in an international organization such as this other uh a whole other thing and I think that has a huge going on me as a person, definitely. How do you instill
0: this in your children? And how old are your children?
1: Daughter. I have a third year old and I'm just my parents you know, I, I show them things about their history. I make sure that they're aware of different cultures, not just our own, but I expose them to you know, kids from other cultures, we eat food from different cultures. You know, we haven't been able to travel abroad together yet. No, no. So yes, you're a citizen of, of the world. You're a global citizen, so it's your responsibility to understand your own culture but to respect and appreciate others and to learn as much as you can because, you know, that's how it is now. My kids are very young. I'm sure by the time they're my age, which I won't say what that is, but by the time they're my age, you know, you get to have people from all over, so you got to be ready for that and you need to start it start as soon as possible. You're also doing something
0: else that's really profound that I want to point out and that's leading by example not only for your children but for other people in in your sphere, you know, in your world whether they're coworkers or people in your family or in the community and also the work that you're doing abroad, in order to see more African Americans um, involved in global issues and have a presence and a commitment in the manner that you do, it, it, it is um, becoming more familiar, but it's still not where we need to be in terms of our visibility. Sure.
1: You're right. You're right about that. Um, And that's one thing that I think what happens is when you see how the media depicts Africa to U.S. citizens and when you see how we're depicted as African-Americans on the continent of Africa, it's not an accurate depiction. So I think we end up, you know, in times with preconceived notions about each other that make us less likely to really interact on a very honest and transparent level. And I think, as you mentioned, that's changing. And, you know, I'm happy to be part of the process, and I see that a lot of my friends are becoming more interested in doing more global uh, type of volunteer work and more global travel. But, you know, that is something we still need to work on because it's not really very prevalent in our communities yet.
0: You know, one of the main missions of Soviet Global Media Network is to re-image uh, what's associated with the word philanthropist. And we are the leading media Mm -hmm. proponent behind the global call to action for women and girls' health, and in particular, the First Ladies of Influence Tour. Because so often what's depicted of people of color, whether it's at an individual level or at a community level or as entire nations, is that we're on the receiving end of the charity. You know, we're on we're always depicted as the yes. one in need when in fact just as you shared in your opening comments there has been such tremendous progress because of those that have gone before us and the work that continues to happen today that really reveals we have tremendous resources, not only human resources, intellectual resources, but financial Financial resources that actually can serve, um, put us on that giving end of the philanthropic spoon, you know, the, as donors and as givers, and not always as the recipients. What are your thoughts about that as it relates to the work you do with United Aid for Africa?
1: Um, you yeah, know, that's a very powerful statement, and I agree with it wholeheartedly, because one of the things that I've seen, even though our efforts are really, Really concentrated towards helping women and children. You know the amount of the amount of strength that these women exude. Mm-hmm. It, it totally. I mean, it, it's so humbling. Like these women have to endure some economic and some societal conditions of of which women in America. I mean, me personally, I don't know if I could make it. And to see these women not only survive but also be responsible for children and to still find a way to make something happen for their kids and to be able to sustain a family, enduring some of the things they have to endure, I mean, it is, you know, it it kind of makes me get a little teary-eyed too. And it's uh, it's an honor to be able to serve them and to see the strength that we exude. And I think given a different set of circumstances, you know, these women could be political leaders, they could be business owners, you know, they have that within them. It's just that the societies in which they may be living do not uh, give them the franchise or the until somebody, uh, for example, United Aid for Africa and other organizations uh, help to make those changes take place.
0: You know, and this is my words not intended by anyone to, do, to belittle um, anyone's personal struggles, but it does become for me also very emotional because I'll have to put myself in check And remember that some of the inconveniences that I become frustrated with or, you know, that I (laughs) consider just, you know, uncomfortable are so minuscule in comparison to the. (laughs) got it.
1: Exactly.
0: And it's that wisdom and that that also not only for women and girls around the world, but I think especially for women in color, that's a characteristic that is a part of our heritage and our legacy and how we instill that in our children moving forward and reminding them of that, um, introducing them to others who are in circumstances that require so much greater strength and tenacity and wisdom and skills. um, I think that's a part of what we recognize in the work that your founder Created here with United Aid for Africa is that she's able to garner the support, diversify the level of participation, and to bring forth a philanthropic service that still maintains the dignity and the respect for what the women, who the women are in those countries that they're also serving. You know, often I find that. You know, we go in with these intentions of being of service to someone else, and really, what they do is end up blessing us. You know, and, and serving and addressing a need in ourselves. Yes. You know, yes. filling the void. You know, <laughs> yes. what I mean? you know what I mean? So, have, have
1: they been- really do. They really do. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: so, what are well, the- you're right. One thing that uh, one thing that we're doing. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. So just to tie on to what you were saying. Thanks. When, just to tie into one thing that you said, uh, one of the things that we're doing uh, that, with that other end, um, you know, giving people a platform to be empowered, uh, one of the things that Jessica is uh, is doing is with the women's uh, effort to bring attention to violence against women, uh, we're hosting soccer games in these different countries. Uh, we've had one in Ivory Coast already, and it's been great because it puts women in the different position uh, they're out there on the field they're playing soccer typically a male-dominated sport so you know they're getting a bunch of grin and, and in them even taking to the soccer field to play they're saying no against violence so it's giving them a voice because you know in these countries they may not be able to just going on based on society or some repercussions that happen up uh, because of that uh, another thing that we're working on is uh, installing some Uh, some programs where women will be trained in IT, uh, whether it's coding or actual network building or et cetera. So they'll have some real marketable skills as infrastructure for technology grows in uh, these African continents. You know, we're going to have an army of women at the ready to take on these opportunities, and that's going to be amazingly empowering to them. So again, as you said, you know, we're not going to victimize and give aid per se We're going to try to help create opportunities where they can reach the potential that we already know that they have. This is
0: wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Describe to us, what is the AWARE campaign?
1: Sure. The AWARE campaign, well, first of all, AWARE is an acronym for Africans working to address, respond, and to end uh, violence against women. And it's a it's a very new campaign for UAA. There, we have a few other campaigns. Again, as I mentioned, the one for children. We give gifts to children. We help with school supplies. We help build playgrounds. But this is one of the newest ones. And in essence, it has two parts. Uh, the first part is building awareness about violence against women. So we're trying to build awareness uh, stateside to get people to put a different face on those against women. And what I mean by that is, as you mentioned, uh, typically they'll show, you know, Maybe a woman who's a victim of violence, and they'll show her living in a rural area, maybe uh, in, in some remote corner of Africa. We want to show that, yes, that is the case. And we also want to show that women in metropolitan Africa are dealing with an issue. It's just like the United States. Women of all spheres are exposed to violence. So we want to show all of that. Secondarily, we want to create where we can help train people who um, will We'll go over to Africa and actually implement these programs to show men that they have some alternatives besides violence when they have domestic issues. We want to really talk to the men and really address the men because we know that it's ingrained in their societal uh, practices, violence against women is okay. We know that's a very, very huge mountain to try to climb, but if we can make an incremental improvement with some men to show them that we have options, you don't have to use violence and then there's a support system for you if you decide to make another choice. We want to try to help out uh, with that through a program that we're designing to uh, create uh training programs and send volunteers out to do this for us. What and then the on the, su- the second end Oh go ahead and then I'll ask the question after you finish. Oh sure sorry about that. We have a bit of a delay. But on the second end uh as we talked about uh, before we're trying to create some programs where there's opportunities that we can help create. So we're trying to address the men, and then we're trying to create opportunities. So that's kind of what uh, where encompasses all this. Through a, very, a variety of means, again, the soccer games, we're also going to be hosting a symposium in the D.C. metropolitan area very soon. Where we have thought leaders coming to talk about uh, our efforts and to try to get some real actionable items that we can do uh, right away. And we're going to hit social media very hard, you know, trying to just gain a new audience and some new people who will support the effort.
0: What do you find are the, the primary reasons that men are involved in these violent actions against women in the co- countries in Africa? Is it unemployment? Is it substance abuse? Is it, you know, what are the complexities that are, that are associated with behavior that has to be
1: changed? Um, you know, I think it's, it's a multifaceted issue. I think what you mentioned uh, with the unemployment and the limited opportunities do create a sense of frustration in men. Essentially, though, it goes back to how they've been cultured or how they have been raised and the belief system that's been installed in them from youth. I think what happens is women are viewed um, as, a, as a lower rung on the societal ladder, if you will. So, you know, it's okay for me to take on my questions on my wife or my, my mother or my girlfriend because I'm a man and, therefore, I am entitled to be able to do so. I don't have to choose another option because, as a man, she's my property and I can do this. So I think that's the biggest umbrella issue and then everything else falls under that. Okay, I'm a man and I may be unemployed or they have recently you know, been moved due to a government action from my my family's homeland to somewhere different. Be abusing alcohol or some substance. So under that umbrella of belief, all those other bullet points just exacerbate the issue that we're talking. So it, it, it's going to be it's going to be a huge challenge because we're trying to combat something that's you know been conditioned in people. It's not a one-time occurrence. It's been happening you know, for quite some time. So that's really one of the biggest challenges we're trying to address.
0: What are the success stories that have come out of United Aid for Africa?
1: Well, most recently, in particular for the AWARE campaign, um, I'll go back to the soccer game that we had. We had it right outside of Abidjan in Ivory Coast. And uh, we've got some video footage from that event that's amazing. Um, You see the women... You know, they're having a wonderful time. A lot of dancing, music, love African music. That's always great. Um, And so we were able to really get some great attention. We had um, the mayor of the actual town come to the event. He uh, actually spoke and said a few words. So um, he was very in the event. Uh, He was excited about it. We have a lot of people that were wearing UAA paraphernalia at the game. Uh, And we're actually speaking actual testimony to things that happened to them. So uh, that's a major success story, to be able to do that, you know, all the way from the United States. We had some on the ground help in Ivory Coast, uh, which we will have in Nigeria as well. But we're excited about the momentum we created from that one event. So we're trying to definitely ride the wave and uh, make it happen more than one. How can our viewers support your efforts
0: and those of United Aid for Africa?
1: Oh, I'm so glad you're always looking again for engaged and and people who are are really excited about what we're doing. So it's very, very easy. Uh, The first thing you can do is check us out on all the social media platforms. Uh, We have a Facebook page. We have Twitter. So check us out, you know, see what we're about. And as you get to know us, you know, think of ways that you can help. Uh, And after that, you visit our website. It's theuafoundation.org. So if you visit our website, you'll be able to find out what we've got going on. We've got great programs that we're working on, so you can look at that, uh, find out you know which one really strikes you and which one you can become more passionate about, and then just send us an email. Our contact information is right there, and once you send us that email, get ready for us to reach out to you because we <laughs> will find something. It doesn't matter where you are. We've got people again in. Uh, one of our contacts, our, our communications person, she's amazing. Her name is Carla. She's all the way in Canada, people in Europe, a bunch of people in the United States. We've got a whole bunch of people in Africa. I mean, we are definitely a global organization. So wherever you are, um, if you're a student, if you're sitting at home, if you've got, you know, kids, it doesn't matter. Men, women, we you know, we can use people who are engaged at uh, UAA, and we definitely would love to have you. We're a family, so we invite you with open arms. Thais Leverett, Program Manager for the AWARE campaign
0: with United Aid for Africa. Give the website address one more time, please.
1: Sure. It's uaafoundation.org, and, um, again, please visit our website. We would love to have you Um in any capacity at United Aid for Africa.
0: It's such a pleasure having you here this morning on Sylvia Global Media Network, and we look forward to not only having you back but expanding the conversation and the support using the Sylvia Global platform for the work that you're doing and the family within the United Aid for Africa um, participants. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Congratulations to all Thank you. of Thank you. Thank you so much for the work you're doing have a wonderful day. Thank you so and thank much you for having us. You've been watching Gail Sylvia, host of Gail of Sylvia Global Media Network, and my very special guest today, Thais Leverett from the United Aid for Africa. Talk to you later. Have a good day. Learn more about Bye. us. Bye. Yeah. You know what? We'll put your um let's get your video of the women in the soccer game and we'll post it at sylviaglobal.com.
1: Wonderful. We'll definitely get that to you.
0: Thank you.